Welcome to another edition of Speaking for Him with your host, his greatness, his most awesomeness, his don't get him mad because he will run you over, Andrew Gamison. All right, well, that was an interesting introduction, but I am glad to be here and glad to be once again bringing you a an episode from the Speaking for Him book club. I know these episodes are um, farther between than we ever always intend them to be. And maybe that's because of my stubbornness that I have to actually read the book. So I may be going audiobook um, next time, full disclosure, because I know I can get my hands on it very quickly. Um, uh, again, next time we'll be reviewing um, The Magnolia Story by Chip and Joanna Gaines. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, because today we have an awesome book to review, and that is Living Among Lions. And joining me um, from her uh, USA tour... Um, you know, her, uh, cause she's now a, a world traveler or at least a U.S. traveler on the phone is Naomi Van Harn. Welcome to the show, Naomi. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> you know what's awesome about having her by phone? We can hmm. hear her. You can hear me. Yes. Yeah. She can't get away from that, <laughs> yeah. that, that receiver where she, she kind of can back yeah. away from the mic. Yeah. We, yeah. we actually can. And she probably feels a little less nervous cause she's not. Looking straight at us, but that's another show for another time. I intimidate time. people. <laughs> yes. I, do. I, yeah. I don't have too much experience with that, but anyway, <laughs> um, today we're going to review the book Living Among Lions. And I was telling Naomi on the phone earlier today, uh, before we came in to record that it was, it, ex- I knew it was going to be good. That's why I picked it, but it exceeded my expectations for the excellence, um, with which it was written and the ease in which it can be read. Um, so Naomi, why don't you start us off by, uh, telling us, um, some of your thoughts initially about this book? Yeah, I was a little bit afraid. I'll be honest that they were going to talk a lot about sports and I don't do sports. So I was afraid I would not understand, but they, they reference that they were in baseball and they do draw from personal experiences while they were professional baseball players. Um, but basically, like, if you're someone that doesn't care about sports, you will still really, really enjoy this book. And they go pretty deep, but they keep it so that it's very easy to understand. Like, they're sitting there talking with you, having a conversation. And I think that's one thing that I really enjoyed, even though at, even though at first, in the first few pages, I kind of thought it was misplaced, but they basically take digs at each other, the whole, whole book, and mm-hmm. good natured digs at each other, and you'll understand as you get into it how that works, but, um, I think it, it's really an art to co-write a book the way they did. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, it was, um, really well done, and, I thought it it gave me a new appreciation for the book of Daniel because a lot of times you read a book of the Bible and you don't process it that much because you're sitting there thinking, I've read this before, I know the story, and it just becomes rote even as you're reading it like you're used to reading it. But when they broke it down, there's really a lot of richness in the book of Daniel. And I actually went back and and listened to the book of Daniel on my Bible app after I read the book. And it was, it was a very rich experience. So I definitely encourage reading the book of Daniel in, in companion with this book. And as I was telling Naomi, I think this would be a great, um, and Naomi agreed, um, this would be a great gift for your graduating high school senior or college senior or anyone that's 
about to make a major change in their life, especially career-wise, um, because it basically challenges us and encourages us to shine as lights wherever God sends us. And so I really appreciated that. Um, so uh, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you took away from this book, Naomi? To have integrity. I think that that was something that um, Daniel had was he was honest, not only with the king, but with himself about, you know, I just can't, sorry, I I can't not pray to God. You know, I mean, I just, he just had a lot of integrity and also to be strong, but to be gracious. You can stand up to something, but at the same time, be gracious. I think that's one of the challenging things for me, and I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it, was the fact that he served all these heathen kings, and he worked in high-up positions of leadership uh, with them, but he was able to do that without compromising his beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I think in today's society, we would tend to be like, we're not even going to, like, for instance, it would be kind of the equivalent of um, going to work for for um, a very liberal politician who, you know, it might might be, you know, uh, anti the traditional view of marriage or anti-life, pro-abortion. It'd be like working in his cabinet. Um, and I don't know, and for most of us as Christians, we would probably say if we were lucky enough to get an offer like that, we'd probably decline because of yeah. our convictions. So I have a hard time conceptualizing that I could go work for someone like that and still keep my conviction. So I would probably just avoid it. Of course, Daniel couldn't because he was a slave, but I just have that thought over and right. over again as I'm reading was that I don't even know if I would, would even put myself in a position to be Daniel in that aspect at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that would be hard. <laughs> It would. Um, so, did you have a favorite story in the book? Um, well, the part that made me laugh out loud was the part where he's like, we're supposed to be lightning bolts, not lightning bugs. And I read that to AJ, and we were both laughing so hard. Because he's like, but most Christians tend to be lightning bugs. <laughs> yeah, their so, sense of humor um, is very well put. I like um, what they said about how we need to be um, chocolate chips in the dough of the world because mm-hmm. chocolate chips, when you make a chocolate chip cookie, everything else in the cookie, the flour, the sugar, the salt, it all conglomerates together to make the batter and you can't distinguish one of them from the other. But when you put the chocolate chips in, the chocolate chips never become something else. I mean, if you melted the chocolate and stirred it before you put it in, it might make the whole cookie um, – you know, chocolate looking, but if you just right. pour the chocolate chips in, they're basically going to retain their form no matter what you do to the cookie. And I thought that's a good application point um, for us. And I also, I really like the stories where they talked about their dad because mm-hmm. really the, the integrity that they have and the stands that they've taken really started with their dad. I think particularly of two stories. One was when he got that um, call that the guy got that information that there was an ordinance against um, having, you know, I think it was like five people can't stand on a street corner and promoting anything. And he knew it was because of his preaching on the street corner. So he actually called up 
his sons and two of their friends to come and be the five so that he could break the ordinance because he knew it was targeted directly at him. And then he fought it in court and got it rescinded. But his point was, I'm going to stand for this because I know it's right what I'm doing regardless of what they do. And so I thought that mm-hmm. was a good story. And then the other one I thought of was the one where he gets a $30,000 donation offer and then through process of asking questions, he finds out that the guy got it from the lottery and he turns it down because he said that um, that the lottery causes a lot of people to be poor because they bank on this false promise of riches and he didn't want to take their money. So, mm-hmm. so I thought that was an interesting. And I knew people like that. So I thought that was a very interesting story. Um, of course, I also thought just as a counterpoint that he, that if it was me, I might have been more like Paul where I would say, well, as long as you don't know it's from the lottery, um, enjoy it. But once you are armed with that, armed with that fact, then you, you should respond accordingly because of conscience. But it sounded like he was very, um, very, wanted to be very aware of where it came from, which I respect. And again, just another story that showed where these guys got their integrity. So, yeah, and I think it shows the importance of fathers in the home. Oh, absolutely, you know? because their dad really, really formed um, what mm-hmm. uh, they became. So, you said that you were a little bit trepidatious, a little bit nervous when you started the book that it would be um, a little too sports centered for you. And mm-hmm. I can see how you might think that. The funny thing was I didn't even think about them uh, being um, professional baseball players until I opened the book. I wasn't aware of that part of their life. But um, what surprised you, would you say, the most about opening this book and reading it? I think that they called, um, you know, they, they called black and white what it was. They they were very straightforward with, you know, um, like the part about churches and how they're spending the funds that come in, and they they had no problem saying, um, you know what, this isn't right, and not saying that all churches are like the ones that they were talking about, but um, they weren't afraid to challenge. You, you know, they, they are challenging you in this book, and they're challenging you to righteousness. And that really surprised me because, sadly, today, so much of what we see in the church, and I mean like Christians, is very, they want to be very careful, they don't want to hurt your feelings, and I do think we need to be loving and gracious, but at the same time, sometimes you need to be honest with people. And I felt like they were really honest with, you know, they're like, this is what God's Word says, you know, and this is why we believe this. And we challenge you to, you know, follow God's Word just as Daniel did. Yes, absolutely. And I and I think part of the problem is, because I've experienced this, where, where I've given a truth lovingly and people have called me a hater because the truth hurts. Mm-hmm. The world is offended mm-hmm. by the truth. And so... And there's a sense in which no matter how loving you are, people are going to hate you because they hated Jesus first. 
And Jesus was the most loving human being that ever existed on the face of the planet, bar none, for all of eternity, you know? And you think of that mm-hmm. what that got him was nailed to a cross. And so for us to expect this great treatment from everybody is just unrealistic. Yeah, the lions I don't think really liked Daniel. No, I don't I don't <laughs> think so either. And you find out later how hungry they were because they the enemies of Daniel, after he survived the lion's den, were put in the lion's den and it says that the lions gobbled them up before they hit the ground. So Mm-hmm. They must have been pretty hungry. Um, was there anything else that stuck out to you? Um, I just, like I was talking to you earlier, I just think this would be a really great book for um, young men graduating, and even and even women, too. But um, I feel like that they... They kind of come alongside you and they kind of say, you know, here's, here's what God's Word says. Here's an example of a man who lived for God and we can see how God honored him. And you can have that, that same, um, relationship with God, you know, and I, so there's so many stories. Like my book is full. I don't normally like to mark up books, but this book is full of my, markings and um, dog-eared pages. And um, I told my husband, I said, when the boys get older, they're reading this book as part of, I don't care if I have to put it as part of their schooling. <laughs> well, and, and that's, it's, that's, I think, really good. As an aside, that's the flexibility you have as a homeschool mom is yeah. to <laughs> yeah. define the curriculum. So that that's great. Yeah. Um, well, I just was really excited too about the relationship between the brothers. It says right on mm-hmm. the right on the back of the of the book as author information that they're twin brothers who live next door to each other and they and they have nine children between them and they both their wives homeschool. So I thought that was just the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Um and uh we've talked a little bit about that back and forth you know, different reasons. But uh, again, just to just to wrap up this discussion, if you were going to give a 30 to 45 minute blurb for this book, why is it important for us to read this book? Um, I think it's important because it takes issues that we are facing today and it is relevant and it does really help. It really helped me to know, like, you can become a part of the conversation and you can be gracious, and yes, like you said, you're going to have rejection. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be afraid to become a part of it. And it might be becoming a part of it, like, I mean, I'll give you a quick little, I know it's more than my 30 seconds, but so I was like, okay, you know, we're um, we're on the road because my husband's a truck driver and we go with him, and I'm like, I don't know that we really have opportunity because we're mainly in the truck, you know, um, to I can't complain, you know, they say don't complain unless you're going to help, you know, or do something. And so I was like, I don't really know what we can do, but you know what, God, you just opened doors. And we got to the shop and it was really dirty, like just people coming in and out and using it. And um, my husband, I'm like, oh man, this place is filthy. And, you know, I don't want my kids in here. And he's like, jokingly, like, well, you could clean it. And I was like, oh man, now I got to clean it. 
So that's what my boys and I did today was, you know, I'm not going to, can't complain unless you're going to do something. And um, there's, there's so many ways we can do that and be a blessing. That's an awesome. I felt that. That's an awesome story right there. And that's exactly what they're talking about is, is look for the ways that you can help. Even if in your mind, Mm -hmm. even if you're in your mind, it would be little. And I think that that's part of our hang up is we have a conceptualization of this would be helping and this is not. And if it's not enough of a help, then we don't want to do it because we want to do the big thing. But God prepares mm-hmm. us to do the big thing by having us do little things. So yep. that's that's an important Amen. thing to remember. Well, Naomi, um, it was a great um, being able to talk to you on the phone. And uh, like um, Chad said earlier, we were able to hear you just fine today. And so that was great. Yeah. Um, I hope that you travel well, and I hope that in the next um, month or two when we review the Magnolia story, um, as I said, it will go faster than the last few, um, that you will be able to be in the studio with us. But we'll just cross our fingers and hope that that's the case, and we'll we'll be praying for safety for you guys on the roads. Thank you. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. um, there you have it, our review of Living Among Lions. Um, and I know that you didn't read the book, Chad, but do you have any thoughts on the particular topic that we have been discussing on this show? No, not off the top of my head right now. All right. Well, Chad has few words today, but I, I do. Well, at least this episode, <laughs> I, I might, I might get a little bit more, but uh, you know, agitated at, later. But as as you know, he is a very vital contributor, so. Stay tuned for the next episode because you never know what will happen. You never know. All right. Well, that's I could take over. Well, or I could wait till you talk and then just start talking. Uh, like kind of like that. Like he's doing now. <laughs> but anyway, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you've enjoyed this time hearing about this book. And I hope that you'll grab it and, and read it. Um, it's a great book. Um, but as LeVar Burton says, you don't have to take my word for it. So um, with that, we will say goodbye on this week's episode of the Speaking Friend Podcast. This is Andrew Gomison saying have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 